You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in for today. What does fitness mean to you? Oftentimes, fitness is associated with aesthetics, with our outward appearance. But in our culture today, we're making a shift towards looking at functionality and how fitness translates over into doing stuff in our lives. Being able to move through the world efficiently and effectively to reduce our prevalence of injuries, to reduce pain, to have functionality long into our lifespan. On today's episode, we're going to be diving into some of the diverse ways that fitness impacts our lives. And this is a very, very special episode for me personally, because when I started the Model Health Show, wanting to really target all the different areas of our lives that constitutes health, because health isn't just one thing. We can get tunnel vision and believe that food is everything. And food matters for sure. We know that food matters because it becomes who we are, becomes every cell in our body is made from the food that we eat. We can get hyper-focused on the exercise component, but health is more than just exercise and nutrition. It's more than our sleep. We know how vital sleep quality is today more than ever. What about our stress inputs? What about our relationships? What about our finances and the work that we're doing in the world? All of these things have an incredible impact on our overall health fingerprint that we have right now. Our personalized blueprint for our health is including all these different ingredients. But for that fitness component, I had one person in mind when I started this show to get his wisdom, his experience, his personality out to more people. And today I finally have him on. We're now in the ninth year of the Model Health Show. And so to have him on at this point is number one, it's a long time coming. And number two, it's really special. And you're going to hear why in this episode, why the timing of this is even divine. So I'm really, really excited about this because this individual had an impact on my thinking in the health space and the impact that I was having on the people that I was working with for many, many years. And so we're going to be talking about fitness. We're going to be talking about the paradigm and mindset around fitness. And we're definitely going to have some fun along the way. Now, when it comes to fitness, obviously, there's so many different things that we can get our hands into. And today, more than ever, we need to have some diversity. We need to have some inputs because life is going to happen. We might not be able to make it to the gym at a certain time or you know, maybe want to leverage our time we're working out and be able to work out in our backyard and to get some vitamin D, to get some sunlight and some fresh air at the same time. What are some simple tools that we can utilize? Obviously, if you have a body, you have a gym. You have the ability to do a ton of different movements and to gain a new level of fitness just with our bodies alone. But what if we can add in a few tools? You know, what if we can add in just having a couple of kettlebells around or some cool time-tested pieces of equipment like steel clubs and steel maces and all the remarkable exercises that we can do with those tools. And today, things like battle ropes have become super popular. And these are all things that we don't have to go to a gym and wait in a line and travel to get access to these things. We can have these pieces at our own homes. And over time, I've, I've grabbed a piece here, grabbed a piece there over the years. And now I have 
these really cool implements that I utilize on a regular basis, and so does my family. I've got my son Braden here in the studio with me today. Say hi, Braden. Hello. <laughs> and he uses these tools as well. And I get my exercise equipment from Onnit. And Onnit is also an industry leader in pre-workout supplements and post-workout protein. If we're talking about protein, if you're doing a plant-based protein or if you're doing a grass-fed whey protein, so not the conventional stuff, they're doing things the right way. And Onnit is one of the few companies that actually puts their supplements through peer-reviewed clinical trials. In fact, their pre-workout supplement is based on the storied medicinal mushroom cordyceps. And a study that was conducted on their pre-workout supplement, Shroom Tech Sport, this was done at Florida State University. This was a double-blind, placebo-controlled 12-week clinical trial. And the results of their study found that Shroom Tech Sport, again, this was based on the medicinal mushroom cordyceps, they found an increase in bench press reps by 12%. How much do you bench, bro? 12% more. They found an increase in both combined bench press and back squat reps by 7%, so doing the superset jump off. They also found an increase in cardiovascular performance by almost 9% by utilizing Shroom Tech Sport from Onnit. Go to onnit.com forward slash model. You get 10% off the incredible supplements, superfoods, and fitness equipment. That's onnit.com forward slash model. That's O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash model for 10% off everything that Onnit carries. All right, exclusive with the Model Health Show. Check them out, onnit.com forward slash model. Now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Gratitude by SF2021. Sean, thank you so much for your content. The impact that you have is so profound. You are helping more people than I can imagine. I always feel a sense of understanding and peace, no matter what you are speaking on. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that over on Apple Podcasts. I really do appreciate that. And if you yet to do so, please pop over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the Model Health Show. And on that note, let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. Our guest today is the legendary Gunnar Peterson, and he's a Beverly Hills-based personal trainer whose clients include celebrities, professional athletes, and everyday folks. Gunner's the former Los Angeles Lakers Director of Strength and Endurance, and he's widely recognized for his expertise in functional training and his commitment to developing and implementing innovative fitness techniques. With nearly 30 years of experience in the fitness industry, Gunner's dynamic approach, boundless energy, and sometimes risky humor only adds to the effectiveness of the experience that his clients enjoy. His clients include the very best from every domain of professional athletes, including athletes from the NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, from the USTA, professional tennis, from professional soccer, boxing. Just a few of his celebrity clients include Jennifer Lopez, Matthew McConaughey, Angelina Jolie, Kendall Jenner, Ben Affleck. The list goes on and on and on. Very, very special occasion to have in studio with me today, the one and only Gunnar Peterson. We're going to start this episode off a little bit different. Oh, wow. I've got yeah, oh, yeah. a book here, a special book for me personally that was gifted to me from my wife when I was in college and I was working as that a personal hilarious trainer. hilarious that you pulled that out. At the University of Missouri-St. Louis. And this was the first book 
part of me being here with you right now is because of this book. All right, it added to my repertoire, it added to my insight. It got me reading about health and fitness. And it's thanks to this guy right here. That is so funny. Yeah. You did not let on at all that that was happening. Nope. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, man, you've been in my world for quite some time. And uh, I'm just such a huge fan and really grateful to have you here. And the timing is divine, you know, because you're moving and shaking. We might get into that a little bit later, but I want to ask you your superhero origin story. All right, you started off, you shared a little bit in the book. Yep. This was back, what, 2005, 2004, maybe when that came out? The book came out January 1, 2005. Yeah. Just an easy day to remember, yeah. Yeah. So I wrote it in 03, 04, yeah. going along, limping along, as it were. <laughs> well, in the book, you shared how you got interested in health and fitness. So what was that? What was the, the igniter for you, for Gunnar Peterson? I was a fat kid. Mm. Can't say fat, just did. Um, what's going to happen? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was a fat kid and, um, but I also didn't understand, I didn't know why I was fat as a kid. First of all, you don't like, why is this happening to me? And I know some adults who still carry that mindset and they need to lose it. Um, but I, I said to my mom, I I used to complain about it all the time. And she looked one day and goes, do you want to do something about it? You just want to keep complaining. I said, of course I want to do something, having no idea what that entailed. And, uh, she took me to Weight Watchers. I was 10 years old. And she took me to Weight Watchers in Houston, Texas. And that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm a kid, I'm in a room with, um, with you know, adults who are fighting their weight and, and who are psychologically in a very different place from a developmental standpoint that a kid is and who understand more. Um, I mean, it was the 70s, so what they understood about exercise, maybe not obviously what it is today, but, but they understood the interaction between exercise movement nutrition, alcohol, sleep, to whatever degree they did, which no matter what it was, was more than I did as a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to stand up. Wow. Say your name and get weighed and write it in your little book. And yeah. That is a, I, that's a hell of an introduction. I don't know that it's the right way to go. Like, I don't know that that's the right thing to do for a kid. And I'm sure there are psychologists who would say, my gosh, don't ever do that. Um, it, it, at the end of the day, it was, good for me right maybe not in the short term but in the long term i connected some dots about nutrition that i never would have uh and about the role exercise plays and so works out right so did you start working out in like no i I was super active as a kid my just i just ate garbage i mean and and through no fault you know my mom so my, my 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 brown paper bag lunch the next day changed immediately and i had tuna fish on whatever it was it wasn't white bread anymore and it was mustard instead of mayonnaise with the tuna and i got a a fresca was the drink back in the day fresca (laughs) so that became the drink versus a whatever regular soda people like why didn't drink water i don't know because that's not what we drank then yeah (laughs) and uh and i got an apple instead of an ice cream sandwich Mm, so i started and I dropped five pounds before the next meeting, which was shocker, but it was great to see it. And I started cheating on the diet immediately. Mm. I started cutting corners. I can have this. I can sneak that. I can do this. Because now I, you know, I know the game, yeah. which of course I didn't. And then the weight loss plateaus and, you know, then you lose three or one and then that's not interesting anymore. So you, your habits revert. But now at least you have some knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about all of this stuff. 
unfortunately in our society, we see these things as failures, you know, but it really is giving us data that we can all, we can't turn it off. Especially once we do something, we get some feedback. Mm -hmm. Your brain and your body knows. Oh yeah. 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 I know. Look, what I've learned about nutrition since then, I've forgotten more probably than, than I, than I know, but I have so many little bookmarks of do that, don't do that. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a bad idea. So at least now, and this is why I took my kids to a nutritionist, you know, a long time ago. And I said to them, now, you know, now you have an understanding. So you can't be a victim. That's the part I don't like. I don't like when people say I'm eating healthy. I don't know. And you look at their diet, you go, hmm, there's a big difference between health or perceived health and what you can do to change your body composition. There's health and then there's because it's healthy doesn't mean you can go unlimited quantity. And so all that stuff plays in. So I just tell my kids, I don't want you to be a victim. I want you to understand the choices you make are, are your own and you're going to live and die by them. So at least go in knowing that's really, that's the power of the information. Yeah. That's so important. You know, so often we come into things as a victim, you know, we have no yeah. idea about any of it. Uh, and so we just buy into whatever this person is which, telling us. Which is a derivative of entitlement, mm -hmm. which is a super unattractive quality, especially in an adult more understanding and forgivable with a child but as an adult you're entitled to have xyz work out for you in your life you're not you're not and you're you're holding the reins of this this is your show so make it work yeah inform yourself well you're the guy you are the guy i think if we're talking about putting incredible physiques on screen for you know, some of the biggest movies of all time, television, the whole thing, you know, Matthew McConaughey, J-Lo, uh, Kim Cattrall, uh, Ben Affleck, the list goes on and on and on. But you got, in, in fairness, this, and this is not faux humility, those people do the work and they do the work without fail and they are consistent and they apply themselves and they prioritize and they, they will not be denied. So hopefully as the trainer, the person piecing together the program on the fly, or even if you have time leading in, you're just helping them stay closer to the straight line than deviating way over here and having to come back to it. You're getting them to do, it's more, looks like more like a slalom than and, but yeah. they get the credit. So the people who take all the credit, you, you can't take the credit for those people. Yeah. You can't look at them, do it. I'm happy they came. I'm happy they stuck with it. I'm happy whatever I provided, was enough to get them to keep coming back because it's the consistency that, that wins the day yeah. and they earn it. See, the, all right, man, the, the humble vibes. It's true, it's not humble, you just gotta you. keep it real. Okay, well, keeping it real goes wrong. All right, that's a Dave Chappelle okay. skit back in the day. But here's the thing, man, there was a time when, and still it's happening, when people are just like, Gunner, you gotta see Gunner, you gotta see Gunner, Gunner's the guy. And people are coming to you for your expertise and understanding what moves need to be made to get people to where they want to be. But you had to figure this stuff out for yourself first. Oh, yeah. So still, I, still do. Your, your gym is like one of the, you know, the quote, hot, hottest places in LA, truly. And coming to that space, that's kind of like your, that's your, that's your workshop in a sense, right? Oh, yeah. So I'm wondering how did it get started? Like, how did you go from, that kid who was cutting corners to finding yourself in the gym 
lifting heavy stuff? The gym is probably the most fair place in the world to me, mm-hmm. meaning whatever you put back, whatever you put in, it's equitable in terms of what you get back. And, and I don't think, I think people go in or I've seen people go in and they give 40% and they want a hundred back. And I'm like, you're going to get 40 back. And when you leave, if you start dicking around with your diet or your sleep or your recovery protocols or your stress levels, that that's going to come out of that 40. So you have to, to me, you go in and you give a hundred, which doesn't mean every workout, you know, is, looks like a Rocky montage, but it means every workout you got to give a hundred percent of whatever you have that day. And we don't all come in at a hundred percent every day that goes from pro athletes to, to Academy award winners. You just don't. So you have to give a hundred percent of whatever your hundred is that day. And you will get that back every single time. And if you're doing resistance training versus just cardio, that's a physiology thing. You speak to that. There's a, there's a return on that investment, right? The epoch post training that you're going to get. So if you put in that work, it's going to keep paying you. It's going to pay dividends well beyond what you thought you were doing in the gym. So people go, oh, I, don't, I really didn't do much today. Don't do that. Don't beat yourself up for what you didn't do. Give yourself credit for what you did do. Cause there are going to be days when you can give 200%. And there are going to be days when you can give 50, but that 50 better be 100% of what you brought in. It's a lot of math right there for a trainer. It Most is. of us are just counting on our fingers. But. <laughs> so this, this picture of you in your book, it, it's back in 1986. And you got, you know, you got the, the biceps jumping off here. It looks like you might be in front of like a Camaro, you know, probably had like a flaming eagle on the hood of it whatever it's in a hang on it's in a tank top i haven't looked at that fucking forever it's in a tank top and i think it says this is the last time i ever wore a tank top <laughs> it does <laughs> yes it does and it's not just a regular tank top by the way it's one of those like drawstring you said you know. 80s it had to be <laughs> oh here you are this is the one i was talking about you're you're, you're jumping out here at the sunroof of yep. the car with the biceps yep. so that was at duke that was in front of my house senior year at duke university Wow. So was this when everything really started clicking was in college? So in college, um, I, I, the fraternity I joined was ATOs at Duke and it was, it was athletes. It was all varsity athletes, predominantly football players, wrestlers, um, some swimmers. So I trained differently. I learned to train. There was a different intensity. Um, I got access to the varsity weight room, um, strength coach, then strength coach, I actually just retired. Strength coach emeritus Sonny Falcone gave me access to the weight room if I opened it, closed it, and cleaned it in the summers. And I did. So I had a different, I was different than just the, you know, gen pop gym. I got that. And my thought was, I'm never going to be as strong as these dudes, but I could definitely master the form and do everything right. Mm-hmm. So I started reading and, and, and I got caught up into it. But no, it didn't all connect then because I mentioned it was college. The nutrition was nowhere near where it should have been. I mean, it was nachos and beer, and it's just what we did. So when I got out is when I started applying or learning more about nutrition. Got it, got it. So was this a time when you were also thinking about coaching other people? When did that kick into play? No, but it was um, super empowering as a former fat kid 
to know that I was doing this and I was seeing real changes. My body wasn't what it started out to be. And, and I was not that you're, you're like, it wasn't like molding clay, but A, you're young. B, you have time to, to really go, get after it. And then you're applying things you're learning. So I wanted to, I wanted to shout that from the rooftop. And I say, you got to see there's this exercise or there's this machine or I learned to do this. Or, and, and I was just eager and passionate about sharing it. And I still think I have that. I mean, I look at so much fitness stuff today. It's crazy. And I just, and I forward it to buddies of mine who are in fitness, which is funny because now they're all younger because the group that came with me, they don't all still do it or still want to do it or, or care. They have a, a routine and that. And I just, I'm not into, I do different stuff all the time and I, and I'm open to it. And, and not that that's wrong, what they're doing, because if it's working for them, by all means run with it. But now I end up sharing that with people 10, 20, and, and 30 years younger than I am. I have a guy who's a strength coach of the Lakers now, uh, which is the job I had. He, he was actually on my staff when I was there. Ed Strike, great dude, great fitness mind, and I still forward him stuff. And I think Ed's 30 years younger than I am. But to me, it's not about the age. We're colleagues. Like we were, and I used to say when I was there, I'm not the head of this department. We're a three-headed monster. It's me, Ed, Chatton. We were the three guys, and I want us to approach that. I don't need titles, and I don't need hierarchy. I want us to be stronger as one. And we shared fitness stuff between. I mean, it was like trading baseball cards when I was ten. It was that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So, would you say that that's one of the best qualities to have? Ideal qualities to have is just to remain open. I wouldn't tell you what quality to have. I would tell you, for me. That was a great quality to have, and it still is. Having that, you know, childlike, childish curiosity and staying open to trying stuff, I think, I think that keeps you in the game. Yeah. So where did the transition happen to self-practice, self-sculpting, self-work to let me help this other person? Let me start helping other people to accomplish some goals. It was never a help. It was always like, do this with me. And mm. it's hard. And I train early. So training partners are harder to come by when you're going at like four and five AM. Mm -hmm. um, and you get them and they, and they stick with it. But then somehow they always fall off before I do. I mean, I still train that time. So it was more like, Hey, we should do this together. Cause here's why. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm excited about it. And I'm, I don't want to say I'm pitching it because I'm not selling it, but I'm trying to pull you in because A, I want the company and B, I know you'll benefit from it. So it, it wasn't like a help others. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not as altruistic as that. Uh, <laughs> but then it started, a guy asked me to train with me and my morning guy who was training with me had blown me off that day. So I trained alone and I think I was leaving the gym at about 6.30, 6.40. A guy stopped me to train. It was early morning, but I know it was like early before seven. And he said, I'd like to train with you. And I was kind of like this. And, and I said, yeah, but I go early. And he said, that's fine. I thought, maybe he can hang fine. And then he said, what do you charge? And I went, wait, that's not in the script. And a friend of mine said, you got to do that. That's like, that's what you do. You should do that. And so I moonlighted. I had that guy before work. And then I got a friend of his. So I, then I was doing two people before work and I was working at a talent agency and 
then I go to work all day. And then later I added somebody after work. And after a very short period of time, I thought, I'm making more money with three people than I am at that other job in a week. Mm. And I quit. All right. So this is our first time, like, face-to-face talking. And this is, this is nuts because just a short v- version of this, my health was tragic, absolutely messed up. All right. When I was in college, I did some things to turn my health around, got myself healthy, but I didn't look like a guy who like lost weight. I just looked like somebody who was going from looking very sickly to somebody who was like radiantly healthy to the degree that people started coming up to me at my university. Like, what did you do? And so a friend of mine's sister who went to the university, she stopped me one day. She was like, what did you do? Like, you look so healthy. Uh, would, you, would you work out with me? And I was like, absolutely. You know, I was like, I can meet you at Saturday, whatever. Then she said, how much should I pay you? And it was just like time froze, right? She was that's like- so you, weird. I've never heard anybody else, but that's, yeah. You would yeah. pay me to do something I would do anyways? For sure. It changed, like, I didn't know that that existed. I didn't know that that was a thing. And so that's when it all began for me. And it, it, this is a true story too. I was like, uh, $7? Like, I didn't, <laughs> I swear it. to God. Because the job that I had was like $7 an hour, you know? So that's where I started. Should have at least gone to eight. Like, I don't know. I didn't on. know. I was going to do it anyways. And I was just like. Well, another, yeah. Yet another trainer who's a bad <laughs> businessman. <laughs> it's a time. It's a, it's a forever story, right? Yeah. I'm that guy. I'm that guy still. It's just business, whatever. But. but that's when you said that, I was just like, this is why I connect with you so much. Yep. You know, because again, it's something you would have done anyways. If that guy had said. I'm cool. I would have said tomorrow, five o'clock yeah. and we would have worked out together until he fell off. Yeah. And I would, I don't know what I'd be doing, but I, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Right. So amazing. And then also here's the thing too. And I want to ask you about this being in that environment. It tends to be magnetic to other folks as well when you're training people. And so like people were coming up to me, seeing me working with her or other people, my professors became my clients as well. We talked a little bit about this before we got started the faculty at the school, you know, and just like people seeing this thing, they wanted to take part in it. Yeah. And to me, there's a part of that evolution where you get to invent or reinvent yourself. Like the person I became as a trainer on the gym floor was not the person I was working at the talent agency. Mm -hmm. Not that I manufactured a persona, but it's a different work environment. So you're slinging around different terms and you're acting a different way because now you are not only the boss, but you're the only boss. And in the other corporate side, there's a hierarchy that you're very well aware of. So you act and speak and I don't say you mind your P's and Q's, but you do to whatever degree. Whereas in the gym, you just, you're in the gym. So you let it fly. And for me, I like that. And, and when you get that positive feedback of clearly they like it too, because they keep coming, they keep paying, they send friends, somebody else asks you, a stranger says, I want to do that. It looks like fun. Well, whatever. All of a sudden you're like, I'm, I'm good at this. And I will say I, I was hesitant in the beginning, right? Like I did it. And then I started to see myself from the outside, like, well, I'm becoming like something. And then I looked around more at the field 
and I, I felt, I mean, not imposter syndrome, but I thought I'm not certified. I don't know. Like, I don't really know how to train people. I know how to work out, but I don't know how to train people. And then I looked around at other trainers, right? The field. And I thought, these guys all look like they're doing it the way I am. You're just doing, it's a job, not a career, right? And there's a big difference. And I thought, if I got serious about this, I could smoke these people. Like I could crush this field. And I don't feel like that in other fields. Um, any sport you're in, I never did a sport well enough to think I could be the guy in this. I never wrote anything where I thought I could be this type of writer or I could be, that could be a career in anything. And in this, that's what I felt. So I started doubling down on my education. So the stuff I had learned from reading, now I got serious and I formed a system of reading and I went into back journals and I went on to tapes. I'm listening to William Kramer from Ball State tapes and I'm, I'm listening to Paul Check stuff and I'm reading the National Strength and Conditioning Association book cover to cover. I'm even going back and, and reading Arnold's Education of a Bodybuilder, regardless of what people think of that book. It's called, it's called the Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding. It's an encyclopedia and you can flip through and you can pick up a lot of little things, cues, pointers, uh, form, position. And I started just putting all this stuff together. And then I thought I got to get certified. So I went and got certified through American Council on Exercise. At the time, I had enough knowledge of that was not super challenging. And then I did, I thought, what do the guys at the top have? So I thought, what do the guys in, in the top strength and conditioning have? That's sort of beyond, or at least in my mind then, beyond trainer. And those guys have the NSCA uh, CSCS degree. So, okay, I got to get that, got that. Um, and I thought, I'll keep that in my pocket in case I ever want to, you know, transition into pro sports. And so you start just amassing and I would fly to seminars and, and I, would, I would go anywhere. I'd fly to Orlando for... Uh, I did, I did Orlando. I did Phoenix. I did uh, Boston. I did San Diego, San Fran. Anything where somebody was speaking, you know, I'd go see Juan Carlos Santana. I'd see Vern Gambetta. I'd see Paul Check, um, Mike Clark. I'd see any any of those guys presenting. I thought I got to learn whatever they're, whatever they're teaching. I got to learn. Yeah. And then you start putting together what works for you, or you not that you guinea pig it on people, but you, you start applying different things you're learning and you go, wow, that's making my programming more effective. They're benefiting from that. I have to put, I have to put this together. I have to piece that together. And, and, and like we talked prior to, you start saying that and people start hearing it and then somebody starts parroting it and you're like, no, 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 that was mine. I Trial and error, I came across that after X number of thousands of hours of, of tweaking this. You can't just poach it. And I'll always give the credit. Yeah, Bob Guy. Bob Guy. He. That's a big thing. What I do for Mister Universe had peripheral heart action, and I started reading about that, and I go, that just makes sense. All these people claim I don't have time to do strength training and cardio. How can I? How can I get the most out of this? I don't have time to train two, three hours a day. Blah blah. And I go, okay, I got it. And I would try to understand how the body could, how I could get more out of the body in less time, because times the the one commodity you can't make more of, right? And that applied to every single person that was working with me. And when I came across peripheral heart action, I just went so deep. Maybe as a bodybuilder, it's not the best way to, to gain mass, but that wasn't the, the group of people that were coming to me. So the ones I had that were wanting to change body composition, right? Decrease fat, increase lean tissue, but not 
not gain massive size, that kind of training works. Hmm. Man. So I, I want everybody to really pick this up. You're talking about simple principles, investing in yourself and just taking what, what you're focusing on doing with your career, your livelihood, and becoming world-class at it. And that required you to dig into these different resources. And we started the episode with this. I feel the same way about giving flowers and giving credit. This is why I started this episode off with your book right here that sits on my bookshelf so years before we had this conversation. G-Force, the ultimate guide to your best body ever. And during this time, again, Hollywood's brightest were coming to you specifically to get camera ready. Hollywood's brightest then, because Hollywood's brightest now, I still see. Yeah, because facts, we, yeah. Because you apply the same principles and you try to maintain, and we didn't touch on this earlier, but don't say faux humility. Uh, you're a trainer, you are, whether you like it or not, you are in the, a service industry. And the people, the trainers who, I'm not a service industry, I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm almost a scientist. Okay, maybe, but people are coming to you for a service. If you think about it in, in, in just the rawest form of the words, they're not coming to you for a product, they're coming to you for a service. You have to serve. It doesn't make you less than, it doesn't make you lower than them. It's a service, so provide the service and keep getting better at your service so that when they come, it's not just the workout, it's the experience. I'm not selling fitness, I'm, I'm sharing energy. I'm not selling anything to you. You're coming for a service and I want it to be top to bottom from when you pull in in parking to when you leave exhausted, cursing me and my parents. I want that to have been a terrific experience to the point that you don't even think about coming back the next day or two days later, that that's just a given. Yeah. All right. So, man, so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And this isn't faux humility. I'm not going to let you be humble today. You know, I'm, I'll do it for you. I'll be your Jiminy Cricket, you know, and just say like, man, like the, the impact that you've had on so many different lives. Like, again, you didn't even realize had had no the idea. impact that That's you had so on funny. my life. Yeah. If I'd known that was in there, I would have tried to come up with something clever to, to push it back. <laughs> but you just whipped it out. So yeah. The book, the book. Yeah, yeah. Just the book. Just, just, <laughs> just the book. For now. Yeah. Uh, man, so again, being that person, that go-to person for celebrities, when did that start? When did you start working with celebrities and having celebrity clients? Uh, the first celebrity I worked with was Kelly McGillis. You're talking about Top Gun? Uh, not for Top Gun, but after that. Okay, and but still, she's, she's the actress from Top Gun. Yeah, right? like it, she's t to me, this is funny. I have such a problem with the term, uh, and I don't want to say this anywhere linked to Kelly because it's never been said about her, but when people refer to an actor or a performer as a, a B actor or that, and, and I think, why would you do that? Anybody who was ever A to me is forever A. So to me, Kelly was an A-list actor then. So I say to you, I started at the top. Like mm, that's yeah. the first person, first boxer I ever worked with, Mike Tyson, first tennis player I ever worked with, Pete Sampras. Like Kelly McGillis, those are people. Bam, bam, bam. That's top shelf across the board. And I think I I provide an experience and um, and a, an environment that speaks to that, that merits that, and that's what I want to work with. I like. We touched on this uh, before we started. I like being around driven, 
successful. It's hard to say they're overachieving because who knows what they were supposed to achieve, but highly achieving people. I love being around that. That gets me fired up. That keeps me going, what could I do more? What could I do better? I'm not doing enough. Not, not beating myself up for it, but just keeping my fire stoked. So I like being around people like that. I, I don't want to be the guy who has to cajole you and lift you up and you know gas you up to just, come on, man, let's get this done and let's go on to the next thing. Because if we wrap this in this time, we could do this and this and this and still have time for more stuff. That's how my mind works. Awesome. So question, have you seen the new Top Gun? Of course I saw the new Top Gun. I, I saw the first Top Gun. Um, I, took, I, took, I went to that movie 10 times in the theater. <laughs> Take my breath away. Yeah. It was just, I don't know, it was as a young man at that time. Yeah. When did they come out? 85, 86, something had something to be. Something like that, yeah. It was just, it was everything. As a guy, you're just like, it's jets and motorcycles and workout mm. and volleyball and there's a love story and America and I'm all for that. Pheromones on 10. Oh, yes, for sure. For <laughs> sure. That's amazing. So, you know, one of the things that I appreciate about you and, you know, shout out to Ed Milet for circling me back into your world and, you know, catching you online and all that good stuff. And, um, you know, I saw that a lot of things you were doing were very practical as well you know, for your clients and also for yourself. Am I mistaken in, no, actually, I'm going to say this. <laughs> I saw that there was a toilet oh, in yeah. your squat rack. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Uh, the toilet came, I actually designed a piece of equipment years ago called the bottom line and never got it manufactured again. I can design it, but I don't know how to do manufacturing and marketing. But um, it, it started because people would say to me all the time, I can't do squats. I can't do squats. I love squats. And I think, I think the NSCA used to call, maybe they still do the king of all exercises. And there's some people online that, that trash it and you don't need them. Maybe they're talking about, you know, axial loading a barbell with two times your body weight. Okay. Maybe we don't all need that, but that movement pattern is functional. We do, we, we did it to sit in this chair. And when they say that, I'd say, we'll try this. And I designed this piece of machine that stopped your knees from traveling too far and you could adjust the height. You could adjust the height of the front bar. You could adjust the height of the seat. Um, you could clip bands onto it so you could add resistance. You could obviously put a bar on your back, but that was too complicated. So at one point, I don't know, I said to somebody, How, did you use the restroom today? Yeah, what do, you, what do you mean? Well, show me like how you do that. And I had them sit on a bench and I go, that going to the bathroom, that's that movement pattern and now we're going to add weight. And then... I said, it's just like going to the bathroom. And I said that for 15 years. And then we were doing some construction at the house and we had a, a it's a clean new toilet, by the way. And uh, <laughs> we had an extra one. And my contractor said, I have all this stuff in the back that I'm going to return. We didn't end up needing or using. And I said, can I take the toilet? And I took it to the gym and put it in there. And, and at the time there was a guy working in my gym who, I don't want to say he poo-pooed it because <laughs> it's too easy. Uh, but he, but he definitely... Uh, didn't approve of it and thought it was stupid and whatever. And then a very high profile person was in my gym, posted a picture and the toilet was in the back and the person said, and if you're wondering if that's a toilet in the background, yes, because Gunner is into some psychological badassery. And I died at the quote, it went viral. People went nuts. I've got people, um, at least five that have written me 
that have a toilet in their gym. One's in England, one's in Alabama, one's somewhere, whatever. And they say, we did this because of you. And they have a little sign, which is funny. I'm going to go, I'm going to get known for that. Uh, <laughs> but to me, look, it keeps it light. It's not all be so serious about working out. We don't use it all the time. At the end of the day, it's a box squat, right? Or, yeah. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Go down. There's a target for you to hit. You're, you're aware of it spatially. You're trying to push your hips back to touch it. That's all contributing to quality squat form. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, that's what we want. We want to be able to be functional. We want to be able to have effective movements in, in the real world. Right. And so there's a quote that you share with me. You said that if it's not sustainable, it's not successful. Yep. Let's talk a little bit about that. I think that applies to everything from your training to your nutrition, to your sleep patterns, to your workload, to your romantic relationship, to your friendships. It just, it has to be something, however you structure it and set it up consciously or unconsciously from the beginning, if you can't maintain that, it's not going to be as good as it could be. You'd be able to get something out of it for sure. But you have to set it up in a way that, that you can repeat it because it's through the repetition that you get the benefits. Very few things you can do one-off. I mean, maybe you bungee jump one-off and you go, I don't need to do that again. But very few things you do one time and get any real benefit from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. The brain is always craving patterns and, and repetition and um, also being able to free up mental space to do other things. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that consistency is such a huge thing. And being able to have something that is sustainable when there's so much like flash in the pan kind of, you know, here today, gone today stuff out there. You know, I love that you stay true to these principles, but also keeping that open mind to like, there are more efficient and effective ways than even what we're doing right now. So just staying open to that, but there's still this core. And I want to ask you about this. I want to talk about the practical application or practical need for fitness today in our lives, because, you know, if we look at healthy aging, you mentioned earlier, you just, it, you didn't really get into it, but some of the people that came into the field when you did, they might not be doing this because they're not doing anything, right? They might've, you know, run themselves down or they might not have, you know, taken care of things that are more functional. Like, you know, if I, Ronnie Coleman has jumped into mind, like he's- I haven't seen the documentary, himself. but I just had a conversation with him about it a couple of days ago. Someone said, I have to see it. I mean, I was a huge fan of his coming up. Obviously, he, he, he just, I mean, yeah. he set, he broke barriers. He did, it was unheard of what he was doing, the, the, the poundages he was lifting, the, the physique he presented on stage year after year after year. Like, how does a guy do this? And, you know, he's paying a price. Yeah. Sylvester Sloan always says the check comes due. Mm. Yeah. So certain things, you know, you, you did all your own stunts for a long time. Somewhere along the line, that knee, that shoulder, it's going to start singing. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you implement in your programming for people to have some sustainability? Because I would imagine, again, you want to give people things that are not just for them to look good on television, yeah. but for them to be able to move effectively through their lives, period. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to uh, performance aesthetics and feel, right? And, and you can shuffle that order any way you want. For the athletes, and I, I see this having worked with a number of them over a, a number of years, it's maybe the only demographic across the board that puts performance first. Ultimately, 
more people should probably consider performance because you're going to need to perform. And by perform, I just mean move and do whatever your daily life requires, whether it's, you know, lifting the sack of dog food out of the back of the car or whatever your thing is, um, you have to be able to perform. Looks, we're in a, we're a very visual society. I mean, driving over here, I saw, I saw billboards. I saw things on the side of buses. I saw people in t-shirts, all on some level highlighting the body beautiful, whatever that is from that marketer or that advertiser or, or that person wearing that shirt standpoint, right? That's so, so we can't say, oh, I don't care what I look like. I just, no, we all care on some level. That's why we have mirrors, right? You do, you looked in that mirror. Everybody in here looked in that mirror today. Some maybe for a lot longer than others, but you do care about that. And that's not just this. We do care. We may not do anything about it, but ultimately we all want to look good. We all want to present our best self for whatever reason. And that's a whole nother book. Um, and the other one is for feel. Not tying, I look good to I feel good, but tying the exercise made my body healthy. And when it's healthy and I do certain movements, I feel better by the end of my day, in the middle of my day, when normally I didn't feel as good as I could have. It's so good. Got a quick break coming up. We'll be right back. If you want a surefire way to damage your microbiome, then look no further than that dirty S word, sugar. Data publishing advances in nutrition uncovered that excess sugar creates a clear pro-inflammatory environment in our gut. There's even recent data published by scientists at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center showing that mice who were fed diets high in sugar developed worse colitis this pro-inflammatory, very, very detrimental inflammatory bowel disease. And the researchers examined their large intestine and found that more of the bacteria that can damage the gut's protective mucus layer was driven by the increase in sugar consumption. Another study cited in Science Translational Medicine describes how sugar is likely making negative alterations to our gut bacteria. Again, having healthy, robust amounts of probiotic-friendly flora controlling our system and keeping in check the opportunistic pathogenic bacteria is key for all manner of health and wellness, from helping to reduce our risk of diabetes and obesity to reducing our risk of autoimmune conditions. As it stands right now, the average American consumes about 100 pounds of sugar annually, mostly in the form of added sugars. But what can we do to pivot from this? In fact, there's a sweetener that not only doesn't damage our gut health, it actually improves it. A recent study published in Food Quality and Safety found that in addition to having natural antibacterial effects against pathogenic bacteria, raw honey is able to improve overall gut microbial balance. How sweet it is when we're talking about the benefits of honey, long renowned, for its antimicrobial impact. We're talking about the external applications, but it has these internal applications as well. But the key here is making sure that your honey is not coming along with pesticides and heavy metals and all these other things that are common in bee products today. We wanna make sure that we're dedicated to sustainable beekeeping as well. And this is why my honey that I utilize, that's in my cabinet right now, is bee-powered superfood honey from Beekeepers Naturals. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash model. You get 25% off 
taken off automatically at checkout. That's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S naturals.com forward slash model for 25% off. They do third-party testing for over 70 plus pesticide residues for heavy metals and negative bacteria like E. coli and salmonella to make sure that you're not getting any nefarious things along with your healing, delicious superfood honey. Again, go to beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash model for 25% off. Now, back to the show. So you just said this term, the body beautiful. You've witnessed firsthand the transition of what our society kind of deems as beautiful and the target that people are going for with their body composition, um, you know, their, the, the exercises that they're doing. Because there was a time where people were looking to be as slim as possible mm-hmm. to we get the Jennifer Lopez era and things start changing. So let's talk about that change because you got to see it firsthand. We went from the pancake to the pound cake. All right, let's, let's talk about it, guys. Oh, my God. I, don't have I just made that up. I don't have anything to write that down with. <laughs> if I ever use that, I'll quote you, I promise. Um, I can't believe I said that. It's so good. Sorry. But, but think, about, think about how that happened. Because when, when Jennifer made that a thing, I, I don't think it was, I'm going to train to look like this, and then I'm going to sell this to the world. I think it was, I look like this. And this is who I am, and I like myself, and you should like me for who I am and not want me to look differently. And I can't put those words in her mouth, but when you see how she carries herself and how it's way more to me about people accepting a bigger butt over, you know, a pound cake over a pancake. It's about people liking themselves and being comfortable with who they are. That's so empowering. Like, think of what you you've given back from a confidence standpoint to and that transcended that wasn't just to women her age that was younger women like she 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 she, that went down the chain and up the chain and that's really powerful like hats off to you for doing that and, and making people moving people in a way that helps them do more in their lives because they're not criticizing themselves all the time i think people are so hard on themselves about certain aspects of their physical and i can fall into that too i mean i can easily look in the mirror and go i wish this looked different or this looked different but i'll attack it in the gym or you know at the dinner table uh, you got to go the other way and say but i'm glad this looks like this you should always count in my opinion you should always counter it with something positive you know people talk about your diet right that changes your body but but the words you hear and that that's your your auditory diet that changes how we respond and think you should be very careful about what you take in negatively and, and, and critically. There's a lot of that going on. And some of that you got to push away, just like you got to push away from too much food, too much bad food. Yeah, man, I love that so much. And this is where I had a feeling you would turn the answer, but I was going to share with you that, you know, I just recently read, um, which, you know, a lot of people don't think about this because you just see the success afterwards, but she was really torn down early on in her career about her phys- the, the way her body was built and, you know, people telling her she needs to lose weight. They crushed She's her. too, you know, curvy, all these different things. And you're saying the most incredible answer, which is it's not that she went at it like, let me get my butt as, you know, 
big as possible or whatever the case might be. It's this, this is what I have. And let me make the best of what I have. Let me make them, let me, let me go for a greater expression of my genetic potential. That, that, but also hear my voice when I sing, watch me when I act and realize that this is the package that comes in here and get on board with that because you like the singing, you like the acting, learn to like the package. Stop trying to change the package to fit because she has all the other tools, all the other skills. Yeah. And eventually her constitution so strong that, that you bend that, right? Dwayne Johnson talks about making a dent in the universe. She bent that and now it stays bent and that is the way it goes. And, and we see people different. We accept people more. I don't, I don't know that you can give Jen credit for all that, but look at commercials now versus commercials 20 years ago. There were only good looking people in commercials 20 years ago. And now, not, not to say good or bad, I don't, I don't need that back. What society deems to be the Again, superficial beautiful, definition. Beautiful, beauty. right? What, the, the symmetry of the face, the hair, uh, the teeth, whatever. Now you see people in commercials. And it's, frankly, it's refreshing because you look at that and go, oh, that product's for me. Oh, that, I might need that. Or, and, and I think from an advertising standpoint, that's genius. On some level, that was Jennifer ahead of the game. This is who I am. If you like this voice, this acting, this look, it comes in this package. Take it. And, they, and through her perseverance, they did. Yeah. Open the door for a lot, of, a lot of people. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, um, you know, of course, this whole definition of what beauty is and what an ideal body is, this goes back, of course, thousands of years, yep. different cultures, you know, like the ancient Egyptians, the Greek and Romans were very noted for the aesthetic aspect of like focusing on their culture and the, the physical culture of the of Statue of, of David. Of it was, it yeah. was, it was deemed the perfect male body. That's, I mean. That's a hell of a statement. Right, right. And, um, but, you know, this crosses cultures. There's some cultures where, you know, being thicker than a snicker is like ideal, you know, like having that, that on you, that means, you know, your fertility is about that life. You, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're more likely to be a great mate and all these other things, mm -hmm. but it's, these are the social conditionings. And, you know, like I said, it crosses cultures. And now we're at a place where I'm, I'm seeing it, but also I'm hoping we do more of it, of celebrating our uniqueness, celebrating our beauty and having this crossover. There's going to be a natural crossover where people see another culture, a representative of that body makeup. And like, I want to be more like that. And that's good. But what you're saying, and I, I love this, this, is one of the most important things from this episode today, is couple that with appreciating who you are and not trying to hate yourself. Ugh into change it's yeah and I, I think it's great when you see a person who's in a moment being heralded for their physique and they tell you what they did to get it and they're honest about it because that's i think what the public needs to hear you need to know that that person did an hour of fasted cardio in the morning and then strength trained for 60 to 90 minutes five days a week and their diet was restricted to this calorie and this macronutrient. Um, you know, the, that's the way they strategized that. And they slept this much and drank this much water. Then you realize, wow, that's why they look like that. If they can sustain that, cool. But if they can't, then the next time you see them, 
they're going to look different. That's just, it's not sustainable. It's not successful. And that's what that comes to. So, so I don't like when you see someone present an extraordinary physique or, or a heretofore unseen level of physicality on screen. And then they go, you know, I really didn't think about it. I was, I was so focused on the script and, and, and really getting the character down. I did some, I, I did a little bit of this or a little bit of that, but that wasn't my focus because they don't want to seem like they were too narcissistic. And you go, no way. There's no chance your body went from what I saw you in the movie two years ago to this without concentrated effort. Just own it. Just be honest to, to the fans and to the, the future fans, to the youth. You don't want to say to the youth, hey, you can do very little and you'll have this kind of transformation. Be honest with what it takes. That's, I think, your responsibility. I'm not a role model. Okay, maybe not a role model, but there are people who are going to look to you for guidance and try to go, how do they look like that? I want to look like that. You have to map out for them what it actually takes. It's a lot of, I mean, you know, it's a lot yeah. of work. Facts. It's a lot of work. And also, if you're cutting corners, can you be honest about that as well? You know, because there are some, there's some shifty things happening out there on the streets totally. as well. But a lot of it's socially not acceptable. I'm not saying if you're, you know, using PEDs, that you have to own that. But you can say, I do everything. I mean, I don't know. There's a way to do it. I'm not going to write their script. But, but it's, it's strange to me when you know people are working really, really hard and they're diligent about it and they're sticking to calorie. They're, they're living in a calorie deficit for however long and they're really on their grind and they go, yeah, I don't know. It's just my body sort of evolved this way. And I'm glad I'm happy with the look that I gave the character when it was on screen. You're like, no, you're not. You, you worked for that. But talk about how hard that work is. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not anti very much anything. I'm very pro-honesty. Oh, it's all. You know. And, and the um, person who said, I took growth hormone for this role because I wanted to present this character on screen. Well, hats off, dude. The good, uh, wow, great. Good to know. I'm not saying I'm going down that route or your followers are. Maybe the, the, the weaker ones, you know, who, who look for that. And I'm, again, I'm not against any of that. I'm saying do what you want to do, but exhaust all the, the right avenues first. Not that that's a wrong one. Got to tiptoe. Um, but, but, but see how far you can go on your own because it's pretty amazing what the body can do. Facts. And then, and then add where you want, yeah. you know, whether it's over the counter or whether it's under the table. It's just, whatever you want to do that's that's a completely um individual decision and i don't judge that what i don't like is when you lie about it man gunner peterson we're here with gunner peterson the legend i gotta ask wow. you about this because you know fitness is so much bigger than just fitness and you already mentioned you know we've got the performance side the aesthetics the feel but you've had the opportunity to see firsthand in your own life and in all the people that you've worked with, how does fitness cross over into other areas of our lives, you know, our relationships, our, our work, and things like that? We have something written in the gym that says, everything you do inside the gym makes everything you do outside the gym better. And I see that every day in my own life and in other people's lives. So the take home from that is it'll make your, obviously, whatever your physical tasks are in life will be easier because you're training 
above and beyond that, right? Whatever you're carrying, lifting, pushing, pulling, hinging, lunging, whatever in the gym, whatever you have to do in real life, easy because you've already done it and you've done it heavier. Um, it improves your patience. It improves your quality of sleep. You're a better spouse. You're a better parent. You're a better friend. Uh, you're more resistant to injury. You're more resistant to disease or illness. Um, you, your rate of absenteeism goes down at work. You become uh, a better employee or a better boss. You earn more. That's rewarded. Um, that reward, whether it's financial or whatever, people look at you and go, wow, this guy's you know, always healthy, always upbeat. Your moods are better, improved moods. And this is all science. I'm not telling you anything like people go, I don't really feel that way. Yeah, you know, science, scientifically, you do. Those are, those are all things that happen at a physiological level. Um, and then your self-confidence goes up because of all those other things that have happened because of what you did in the gym. And then that just, to me, opens up so many other doors. Yeah. How can you not want to work out? And I'm not saying work out with me or work out the way I work out. I'm saying do something physical. You have a brain and a body. You're arguably working your brain every single day. Work your body every day. Different levels of intensity, different durations, but do something. Move it. What's McConaughey's thing? Uh, break a sweat every day? Just break a sweat. Like, come on. Doesn't mean go crazy. Doesn't mean run a marathon. It means move your body. Respect the, respect the, the, the what you have, the, the machine. You only get one. Yeah. 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 I remember it was Jim Rohn said that, you know, take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. Yeah. Great and that line. stuck with me a long time ago. Great line. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's so much that's coming forward right now. You know, we still have a lot to learn about the human body. We're not even really close to, to cracking the code that, that we've been looking for, but we're seeing some interesting things. For example, we know that strength training has some very unique and kind of exponential benefits. And one of the things recently discovered were, were these myokines that are getting produced when we're engaging our muscles under resistance. And these myokines are one of the most remarkable things for protecting our brain from degradation and just improving cognitive function overall. And so like, there's so many benefits for us to extract and we're, we have it in us. It's kind of like this built-in pharmacy or this built-in grocery store that we have access to. And all we got to do is just like do something and we get all these benefits. And I want to ask you about this as well. Um, you know, obviously you've worked with uh, a wide range of people, wide range of body types. What are some of the things that we can, because I want people to be able to like get some of the knowledge from Gunnar Peterson as well. Are there some consistent things that you have just about everybody doing when they come to work with you? Oh, I mean, I, I touched on it a second ago. Push, pull, squat, hinge, lunge, carry, rotate. Um, different movement patterns. I'm big on. I'm big on the planes of motion. So, because look at where our eyes are on our head, we tend to we tend to be more proficient in the sagittal plane, right? But you have to be able to move in the frontal plane and in transverse plane as well. Um, so I, I put movement patterns in specifically, and of course I load them so that when you have that, right? If I have you going, if I have you doing a side lunge with dumbbells and coming back and repeating that, when your toddler breaks for the pool, that's an easier move because 
you don't have the dumbbells. So little things that transfer like that, transverse plane, you know, rotation. A lot of people worry about working in rotation under load. If you look at your life, even from getting in the car and reaching for the seat belt, Mm -hmm. it's transverse plane. It gets stuck. That's under like you're you're working that. You have to Mm -hmm. your body, if you train that way, that's never gonna mess you up. It won't be a surprise to you. Yeah. And it's not gonna it's not gonna ruin your day and it's not gonna pull something. Um so we add that movement too. And you do it standing, seated, lying, you're gonna do things in all planes of motion. But I have a I have a ton of gym equipment. I, I mean, to the point where I might argue that I I might I might agree with the argument that I have a problem, uh, <laughs> but I don't want to do anything about it. So that's the first part of the battle, right? Um, so I'll do all those movements with different kinds of equipment. It keeps your body ready for something new, um, but you're still grooving the movement patterns so that you become more proficient. Mm. Love it, love it. It's these are these are the basics, you know. Like it sounds like again. But leaning into that more, and I want to ask you about this specifically. You've you've repeated this multiple times, so I just want to point this out. Wait, I'm repeating myself. I mean, it's a it's a tenet that we tend it's to look time past. Time to go, <laughs> <laughs> because we tend to think it's you know when we associate the accomplishment of fitness, what's glor- what's glorified is being in the gym and sweating and like that's where you're grinding and making it happen. But you've mentioned the importance of nutrition several times throughout. So let's put that, let's take that. We're going to put that to the side. We're going to make it a given. Yeah. And now we're looking at, okay, but what about somebody's getting camera ready? They've got the nutrition component dialed in and they're coming to see Gunner and they're, they're wanting to, you know, drop some body fat. All right. (laughs) So we know the movement patterns, right? But let's talk about, so are we doing, what's, what's the rep range look like? If we're going to, if we want to get a little bit leaner, you know, drop a little bit of body fat. What does that look like? Are we doing like lots of sets, low reps? Like it's going to be rep range is going to be here. This is people are going to hate this. I didn't learn anything. I can't take anything away from that. It's going to be anywhere from five to twenty reps. It's going to be anywhere from seven to twelve or thirteen, maybe movements, and we're probably going to go through it three times. And the intensity. I'm going to play with the intensity. There's so many variables to tweak right i don't want to say the permutations are endless because then mathematicians go no they're not and they give you a number but i can tweak volume i can tweak intensity i can tweak weight i can tweak uh i can tweak um rest um you can play with sequencing there's so many ways to keep it fresh and one i want to keep it fresh for you to stay mentally engaged and two i don't want your body to ever get used to this I want your body to always be adapting to what we are throwing at it because through the adaptation comes the change. The change is what you came for initially. So if we one day, it's not always bigger muscles before smaller muscles. Sometimes it's we prioritize the ones that we, we I know we can't isolate, but we, we will give more um, focus to areas that need more focus that we see, that we know, even though we may not be able to see it, like we know you're not strong in X area or in X movement, we may hit that early on when you're fresh, or we may hit it later on. Years ago, I saw somebody who said they never do 
any Olympic lifts towards the end of a workout when um, central nervous system is more likely to be fried and it's such a technical lift. And all, and all I thought was, okay, I get that. That makes perfect sense to me. But I would hit the Olympic movements in the, in the, towards the end of a workout because what if you're an athlete and it's in the fourth quarter or overtime when you need to be as strong and as explosive as possibly and I've never, you've never encountered that in a, in a training stimuli. I want to get you there so that when we go to overtime, when we're you know, at the buzzer and you have to maximally exert from an explosive standpoint, your body goes, I got this. And we've done it. Maybe we didn't do it with a ton of weight, but you're only going to be doing it with body weight in sports. How great if you've already been there under load and now you're fresh, right? It's, if, you look at, if you look at teams in overtime, a lot of times the, the, the best conditioned teams can prevail in overtime. Obviously, momentum, if they came from a deficit and then they caught up and they were tied at the buzzer, but sometimes it just comes down to conditioning. And if we can get you conditioned to do that, why wouldn't I train you like that? Mm. And I would. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I love this because, so this is really identifying an important tenet, which is there isn't some magic within the rep range. It's about what you're doing within that. So now here's the real question. So that was a, a little bit of a, a setup question. Are we going to muscle failure? Are we getting close to muscle failure? Are we leaving a lot in the tank? What is your preference if we're looking at? So the answer is yes, because <laughs> it's going to depend what you bring that day. Yeah. What if you what if we're, uh, say you're an actor and you're just transitioning from night shoots to day shoots, and I catch you in that moment and your body is still regulating, getting used to now turning your energy systems around, um, circadian rhythms are all completely off. I can't, I don't want to, it would be irresponsible, pick one of those for me to now push you under load to momentary muscle failure or, or technical failure, why would I do that to you and risk, especially when you're in the middle of a production, you're getting injured. I'm not doing that. I'm pulling back sick now. as well. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. You're too taxed. You can't recover. That manifests itself and now you're sick. And now you hold up the entire production. That's a problem. I'm getting a call probably. They're always going to blame the trainer. Um, but so no. So no, I'm not taking you to failure. But you're fresh. We're, the, we're in the off season. Oh, for sure. We're looking for XYZ goal. Yeah, we might go to failure today. Yeah. Or I wasn't even planning to go to failure, but you come in ready to go. And I'm like, oh, this person is, we're, we're changing this today. I'm going to adapt. I write every workout out the night before and I print them up and I have them for each person. And I've done it for literally probably 27 of the 30 years I've been doing this. And I have them on there. There's nobody's name. I put initials and the date and then the workout. And what I tell them is I reserve the right to edit this. It's not a Bible. It's a template. It's how I see this happening. But if during it, something happens or I notice something or you divulge something, I'm going to change that. But if not, that's what we're going to follow. So that could be... Um, you're hungover. That's an easy one, right? So I think, okay, I'm not going to try to punish you and push you, but I'm going to push you so we get the most out of this in your current condition. 
that could be um you didn't tell me i haven't seen you in in two weeks and you didn't tell me you got a boob job last time i saw you and now the doctor says you can come back but you can't do anything over your body or you know you can only do light cardio whatever it is i look at that and i go oh i got to amend i have to i have to make changes i got to edit right now so what i had planned maybe not may not be the best thing for you so i will go to failure for sure um what were the other ones you said uh just prior to failure or just leaving a lot in the tank just yeah. kind of like and sometimes you got to leave in the tank because they say i'm squeezing this in and i have to be on set at this time and i know that means they're going to have a 12-hour day i can't gas you right now you won't be able to perform the way you perform which makes you who you are which is why you got to me in the first place same with athletes right game day lifts are completely different from off day lifts um travel day lift different from game day lift post game lift different from pre-game activation off season lift different from everything else so so you got and especially if you're working with guys in the off season or girls in the off season um sometimes they're doing four different things in a day so i can't have if they're going if they're seeing me and then going to boxing and then doing a beach workout I have to go, where are you fitting me in? Why did you choose to put me in that slot? Who told you that and why? Because I want to understand and then I want to give you my feedback. And that's going to be goal dependent. It's not that strength and conditioning always comes before footwork or hand to eye or whatever. It, it's going to come where it comes based on what your end goal is. Where where do we give it? You know, Do you take a nap? Do you do this? Did you sleep? So you got to be you have to be flexible on your in your programming and if you're not and you're like you know this is how i do it and this is and then you're gonna be this is short-lived for you yeah yeah man that's some of the best advice because life is constantly changing there's always nothing is staying the same you know it's just that's a part of life life is movement life is change and so it's great to have that template but we can do this especially if we're working in this field with for working with people but we can do this for ourselves and I literally do this every day. I'm checking in and seeing what range I'm going to go based on- You do it with on... yourself. Absolutely. Me too. I do it yeah. myself. And I have people come in and I usually put them on a piece of cardio, whether it's a treadmill, an elliptical. Uh, I put them on some kind of repetitive movement pattern cardio to elevate the core temperature. But it's also a way to get them to realize they're in the gym now. You're in the gym mm -hmm. and, and we're taking all that outside noise and we're going to dial it down. And then towards the end of your three, four, five, eight minutes, whatever we do. And it's not scripted like that because some days I see you're antsy. You don't want to be on there a long time. Some days I see you're antsy and you should be on there for a long time because you need to get out of whatever headspace you're in when you walked in to be in the gym mode. And I'll say usually, how's the body feeling? That's anybody who's ever trained with me is going to go, oh my God, he says that all the time. I do because I want you to tune into how your body's feeling. I feel great or I'm sore as shit, or I feel like I didn't sleep or I feel, I don't know, my, my shoulders hurting, whatever it is, I'm going to factor that into how we proceed from there. But I need you to check in with you before I check in with you. That's the, I can't just come over and assess it. I can't, I'm sure I can watch you walk down the track and if you're limping, I go, okay, well, that's going to be a problem. But if you're not, 
I, I may not know you're, you're hiding it or you're not even tuned in. So I'm going to ask, but it, it forces you to check in. I'm going to ask you one more question in the same line of thinking. Um, and I kind of have a feeling what the answer is going to be. Again, now unpredictable. <laughs> no, that's, that's some bullshit. This is <laughs> <laughs> so again, if the target is fat loss, are we doing, or is there a preference? Are you leaning towards circuit training, straight sets, supersets? So with, if I'm taking the peripheral hard action approach, just because I know it works, I've seen it play out so many times, I'm going to create an aerobic environment through what might normally be considered anaerobic movements and how I sequence them. So I want your heart rate to come up and to stay up. But I don't want you to forego strength training. So I'm going to find ways to force your heart to work consistently versus having it just jump and then drop back. I'm not just trying to I'm not just trying to get your ATP. I want I want to get the, all the systems and I want you to feel that all the way through. And I want you to leave feeling exhausted, but not beat up so i'll sequence it i might do a basic one uh if we're doing a dumbbell bench press i may do shoulder off glued off dumbbell bench press and then have you get up and pick up a weight and do a bulgarian split off the end of the bench and then drop down and do a weighted hollow body hold on the bench and then get up and get on um, a Versa climber for 60 seconds. So I did, upper, if, you, if you're looking at it in, in not only say body parts, but if you're looking at it in regions of the body, an upper extremity move, a lower extremity move, a core move, and then something that spiked you higher than those movements probably did from a heart rate standpoint. So I know you were elevated, 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 spike, come down, elevated, elevated, like that. Mm -hmm. Got it. And then we just repeat that cycle? No. So that might be the first, what's that, four movements. Um, I might have another one in there that's five, back to back to back. If you're training every day, I'm probably going to use some kind of a modified push-pull program because I don't want you just to do everything all the time. I think over, there's a burnout that comes and also you, like, your whole body just feels beat up. I don't need you to feel that way. I want you to feel energized, not drained exhausted but invigorated got it got it so um there's a lean towards circuits here and yeah but sir and yes you're not wrong circuits is such a uh to me circuit training is such a um, to catch all yeah. and it sounds way more random like if you think you do any four things three times versus the four that i just mapped out if you didn't have purpose and thought behind that, mm -hmm. your yield will be far less than mine. So like people go, well, I just did a little bit of this. I watch people in public gyms all the time. They do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit. And I think, I mean, cool. But if you had changed that up and added one little thing, that could have been effective. But the way you did it was so poorly planned, unfortunately for you, because you spent the time what you're going to get out of that is going to be far less really than what you deserve. Yeah. And that's where I say, 
hire a trainer. I'm not pushing my field. I don't get anything out of this for me. But hire a pro. You would know sooner if you had never gone scuba diving. You would know sooner go rent tanks and jump in the water. I mean, you, you get a pro. Get take a lesson. Same thing with tennis. I've talked about that before. How about this for a frustrating afternoon? You don't play tennis. I don't play tennis. We go buy two tennis rackets and a can of balls and we get out on a court. That would suck. That would just be awful. We don't know how to grip the racket. We don't know what a swing through it looks like, a follow through. We don't know the difference between a forehand and a backhand. We certainly don't know how to serve or keep score. That's a frustrating afternoon. However, the two of us take the same money, go hire a tennis pro and take a lesson. Within 10 minutes, you're stroking the ball and you feel like it's fun. This is engaging. We're doing something together. the, The payoff is so much more. Same money, same time. But you had an ego and I don't need a pro. I don't need a lesson. No, you do. And you do need a lesson in the gym. I, I heard it. my own tone. I'm on my soapbox now, <laughs> but but I see it all the time. I don't need a trainer. I'm not saying you need a trainer all day, every day, but it doesn't hurt. I travel. I hire trainers because it's. I want to see what they're doing. Maybe I'll pick up something. I like to talk to people in the field. It's not putting anybody on the spot. It's like let's do a workout. And I've been to some places where they have no plan, and I've been to some places where I see things that they do, and I think, wow, if I ever did that, I would lose everybody who trained with me. And then I see others, I'm like, this person is so prepared. I mean, where they are, they're, they're probably not going to, maybe they don't want to reach great heights in the field, but there's just such good quality trainers out there. They're, they're all around the world, but especially you see them in places, you're like, you're so good. Like, you should be, you're in this area where you're never going to be, you know, air quotes, discovered. And maybe that's not your goal, but man, you're good at this. Mm. And then you see others, you're like, you should never leave this gym because you'd be fired anywhere else you went. Mm. So, you know, again, you've you've helped to shift the culture in fitness and training uh, for many years. But what's next for you? What what's coming up for Gunnar Peterson? I'm moving tomorrow to Nashville. How about that? Wow. Uh, we got a, a property. It has a 2,500 square foot building on it. It has acreage, so there can be some outdoor components to it. Uh, we're adding about 10,000 square feet to it, and it's going to be my lab, my candy store. It's going to be all the stuff, you know, I don't wanna, everything you ever dreamed of, but it's going to be the place. I have a sign in the gym, in, in my current gym here in Beverly Hills, that says, there's no place I'd rather be, and that's going to always be you know, like right now, there's no place I'd rather be right here. I was excited to do this when I got your text, when, when Ed Milet said, you got to meet him. I was like, I've been fired up to come on this. I, I followed you for a long time. Uh, I even comment on your stuff. And, and, and I'm like, no place I'd rather be. I mapped this out. When I got back in town about five days ago, I worked back from this, what I was going to do. So I had it bang, bang, bang. And, and I, I was on, you saw five minutes early. And, and so I like to always be where I want to be most. And so my new gym will be that. It will be that place. Um, I guess when you talk about a gym, you can't say it'll be that place on steroids because then people say, (laughs) but it'll it'll be be that place augmented, right? It'll just be everything I've wanted. It hopefully can deliver um, a product that people want, um, that they're into. I'll never push it on people, 
but I want that buzz to be, what is that place? I want to get in there. And, and I want them to leave feeling as happy as they were when they got there. Amazing. Well, the, the bright lights in Nashville are going to get a little bit brighter with you there. Let's see. And, Let's see. Uh, man, it's just been such a great opportunity to hang out with you. Thank you so much for making me a part of this plan. You know, you're, about, you're literally moving tomorrow. And so to be here with you in this moment is really, really special. And again, I know you didn't know the impact that you've had on me, my thinking. And so I'm just really grateful for you. I dropped, I dropped my wife and daughter off at the airport this morning. I drove back to check on the progress of my gym, of which there was not as much as I had hoped of the dismantling. I worked out in the gym for about an hour and five minutes, literally in the parking lot, in the wreckage of the equipment. And I was just like, I'm doing this. And went home, showered, and came over here. It was all mapped out. And I'm like, this is a great day. Yeah. What's that Burt Kreischer line? Best day ever. Best day ever, yeah. Yeah, you just, I think if you go into your day knowing or hoping that it could be that, it's way more, you have a much higher chance of having it be that. Facts, facts. Man, well, thank you so much for, for, you know, just being you. I mean, this is amazing, like to to sit here with you and to hear these insights. And obviously people are going to want to jump into your universe a little bit more. If they're not in Nashville now, where can people follow you, get more information, just kind of get into your universe? Uh, I'm on Instagram, Gunner Fitness on Instagram. And that's, I mean, that's kind of it. I, when I, do, I do answer everything at some point. Um, it may not be in real time. like It's not a live dialogue, but I try to get to them and, and respond. And, and you have to give back. And that sounds so corny, but, but so many people get to a certain stage and they don't, they don't respond. They don't answer. Like, how do you not answer? It's just, if someone's not coming at you, hurling insults why would you not just respond it takes a second even if it's just an emoji like right back thumbs up or you know stop sign can't (laughs) whatever it is um so i try to write back and 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 stay on it and i mean really as a trainer what you're what you're doing is you're holding the gym door open for people right i want you to come in whether it's with me whether it's on your own whether it's with someone else i want you to benefit from your relationship with the gym the same way I have. Amazing. And by the way, the book is still out there on the streets, G-Force. <laughs> I yep. know you see your, your baby self, man. Yep. And, um, you know, this really introduced me to using the stability ball in all kinds of creative ways. You know, that I, again, I was working with people. I was taking what I learned from you and implementing this with the people I was working with. And even from that, you know what it's like just being in a gym and working with people there's this creativity that just takes place if you care and you're paying attention. And, you know, one of the interesting things that I've seen. Um, nobody owns an exercise. So when you see somebody yeah. do something and that looks like you could benefit from it or enjoy it, do it and go ask them. As a rule, people in a gym like to talk. I mean, obviously they've got headphones or, you know, uh, AirPods in there. They're, that's probably the international sign of don't bother me. But if they don't, you can ask a question, and in my experience, they're often open to giving you maybe more time or information than you wanted. They're just happy somebody recognized that they were doing something that that they had created. And you know, why do you do your? Hey, quick question: Why do you do your dips like that? You're you're pushed all the way forward. If you look at like Charles Glass and Michael Hearn, they come forward almost in a ball, and they're lowering down. It's like a gymnastics move. I think Charles Glass had a gymnastics background, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and 
you're like, why do you do that? And they'll tell you, puts more of us on the triceps. You can get down. And, and they're happy to share that with you. Yeah. Ask them. You'll learn. You'll grow. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I'm encouraging everybody to ask you. Ask so head away. over, check out Gunner on IG at Gunner Fitness. And I'll see you in Nashville, man. I'm going to come oh, see you. Bring it. Come on through. Let's It'll go. Be fun. Thank you very much for having me on here. And, and again, uh, thank Ed Milet for connecting me like that direct. It was just cool to see it from afar, but now it's cool to be up close and, and to be on. It's always an honor to go on someone's show. You know, there's a, there's a finite amount of time. So when someone has you on, I'm like, that's, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Hey, man. It's totally my pleasure. Everybody check out Gunnar Peterson at Gunnar Fitness. The legend, Gunnar Peterson. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. This episode, as mentioned, was very special for me because starting the Model Health Show, part of the premise was, of course, addressing all the different areas of health and well-being with fitness being a huge component. Our guest today, Gunnar Peterson, was on the top of my list of people that I wanted to share his experience and his insights and wisdom with more people. And so having him on the show today was just a very special experience. And just so happened to be his last day in Los Angeles, where he's had this iconic gym forever, that he was sitting here with us. So really, really grateful for that. And again, his book was the first fitness book that I've ever had. And I was gifted this by my then girlfriend, now wife. This is part of the recipe and her becoming the one, the one for me. You know, she invested in me. I could see that she was respecting the work that I was doing and what I want to do and to be of service and help others. And she shared with me that by, by giving me that gift that she believed in me and that she believed in what I was doing. And so again, really full circle moment today. And so I hope that that came through in this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share this out with your friends and family. And of course, you can tag me. I'm at Sean Model on Instagram. And tag Gunner. He's at Gunner Fitness. Go and follow Gunner. Blow him up in the most loving way. And please share this episode. Take a screenshot and tag him so that he can see the love and, and really see what we're about here with the Model Health Show family. I appreciate you so much for tuning into this episode. We got some epic shows coming your way very, very soon. So make sure to stay tuned. Take care. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.